welcome to episode 122 of Inside the Cage. Scott and Mark with you. I would say as normal, but with a couple of weeks off, one of us was busy getting married and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, glad to be back. Glad to be back in the, the swing of things. How are you, big man? Are you good? I'm good, man. How are you? How was your wee week away? Wee bit of period of time off and stuff like that. You enjoy yourself? A big day, obviously, as well. Uh, it was good to just, just get away from life mate and just relax and chill and no stresses no dramas it was quite good down that way um, obviously when you get away and you enjoy your time away you come back and it's always harder to come back because it's a bit shite so you know I've got to get back at the swing of life haven't you that's what it is now man it's just fucking one of these things you just get back to kind of normality and doing kind of the everyday things as you've got to do so that's it man that's it what about you how's things been with you Ah, not bad, man. Fodding on as usual. Nothing ever changes. Chase after the wee man, go to work. Chase after the wee man, go to work. There we go, that's life. Fun, 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 fun. Loving it. Sounds it. Yep. I'm going to have earlier time, mate. <laughs> Good. Right, so this week's show is fucking... It's like massive, man. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not like we could to a show if we could, if we could actually fit it in, we probably could continue for ages, man. Oh, honestly, man, we need to just walk right into it. But basically, we normally, even if we skip a week, we would even maybe do a wee bit on previous cars, but we literally won't have the time. So, obviously, we'll look back at UFC 266. There was a one championship card from the weekend as well that um, might be worth mentioning. Um, and there's three Cage Warrior cards this weekend. Sorry, this week and weekend. There's a Bellator from the weekend coming up and also another UFC card. So there is loads and loads to talk about. Um, so let's just get straight in about it and we'll go UFC 266. I believe you confirmed this to me, Mark, that this was the first uh, event since lockdown that was held T-Mobile with fans, correct? As far as I'm aware, yes, that is indeed the case. Yeah, well, so that's something can tell us definitely. Cause I can't. I've not, I actually didn't have a look. I just presumed because I've no, I've not actually seen anything for the team aware recently. So I can only presume that that was definitely the case. I agree, mate. I, I, to me, in my head, I thought it was the first one. To be honest, um, it was amazing to have the crowd back, man. What a difference it makes. Yeah, it was brilliant. It makes a massive difference. I think. A few fights on there, you've seen the crowd really get involved in it, and made a massive difference to the fight and how you watch it. Even that's a spectacle now as well. It makes it so much better to have the reactions of the crowd to certain things. Were just it was fucking electric, man. The atmosphere was it really was sensational on Saturday night. It was probably one of the best I've actually heard. And let's be honest, in Vegas, it's a lot of a lot of famous people, a lot of kind of not part-time fans. That's probably the wrong word, but there's a probably a lot of fans who go to Vegas just because the UFC's going to be in Vegas. It's easy. That's where they want to go and watch it. It's the party thing to do while you're there, maybe, and stuff like that. And you don't get your hardcore when you go to these random places like Buenos Aires and Montevideo and stuff like that. And you know what the people are coming out for. It's kind of you watch UFC, they're watching the local fighters, so the atmosphere's going to be electric. You don't usually get that type of atmosphere in Vegas. Maybe even in our American cities, you get that type of atmosphere, especially with those two or three home fighters on it, like probably Derek Lewis in Houston. That was pretty good. Yeah. But you're not yeah. going to, you don't get the atmosphere in Vegas because. There's no Vegas fighters as such. There's no that kind of that fan base in that city to get everything hyped up for a particular individual as such. So I it was electric considering the considering we don't really have that in Vegas. It was absolutely fucking phenomenal, man. It was a 
a great night all over. Um, I mean, I guess we really should start with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Seen as it was the main event, it was the headline. You know, <sighs> the main, the main, the main attraction. Man, this was a fucking tremendous fight. By the way, absolutely superb fight for starters. Um, we. <laughs> We've not really been hyped up on Volkanovski, weirdly, I think. Obviously, he beat Holloway first fight, we disagree with that. For me, anyway, I thought Holloway won the second fight against Volkanovski. I think there's a lot of people with that opinion as well. Um, weirdly, Volkanovski, he's pretty shit hot at everything. I think that's the thing about him. I think he doesn't have that standout thing that you go, fuck's sake, he's got to box ears after you, fuck's sake, he's got to wrestle fuck somebody. He's got pretty much everything. He can do whatever he wants to do in the octagon at certain times. And I think he's he's still missing a wee bit of star power for some reason. But he's fucking... You can't argue with what the man has done. He's definitely high up on like the pound-for-pound pound list now, without doubt. There can't be many ahead of him, to be honest. If you just look yeah. at results on a results basis. If you don't take the fact that you look at the fights, maybe... Or the one fight against Holloway anyway. He's 10-0 in the UFC. Like, you can't argue with... With that, he's defended his belt twice now, so uh, you can't argue what the guy's done. It's just, it's just weird, man. It's such a weird thing because we aren't sold on him at all, and it's something I said. It's just, I don't know. I'm, there's something about him just not sold. I think it's because those two fights against Holloway were very close. The first one could have went either way, and this was it the second one. That Holloway definitely won. Well, I was, I had Holloway winning on my card. I, I had Holloway winning three two on and my even, card. If I remember. Even the first one could have went Holloway, and I think you and I have just never been sold on him because of that. But see, it's funny, right? I've I've been trying to think about this, and I don't like to put fighters down, right? I think Volkanovski was superb on Saturday, right? I generally do. I think he was like it was an incredible performance. But see, as a fight as a whole, I'm not convinced Brian Ortega, like other than his uh, submission attempts, he just get beat up for 25 minutes. So, I don't like, know if he, I, 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 like, I, I wouldn't say so. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, for me, possibly, like, that was the other thing. The judges' scorecard I didn't get at all. Like, last scored at 3 2. I scored at 3 2. That's what I had. Where's somebody got 50 44 from? I've no idea. I had the first two rounds for Volkanovski, the third round for Ortega because of the submission attempts. Yep. 100%. And then. The, the fifth, the fifth round could have really went either way. I just thought because Brian Ortega came out his shell and Volkanovski seemed like he was running a wee bit, that's maybe the only reason. But, I mean, it could have been a 49-46. But for me, it was probably a 48-47 or a 48-and-a-half, 46-and-a-half kind of idea. You know, that kind of, that kind of I idea. I just don't understand a judge who hasn't given Brian Ortega a round at any point. The third, and, the third after the two submission attempts, you've got to get that. I know, I think... Volkanovski knocked him down at one point, but then the two, basically, how Volkanovski was surviving after he two smash tents in the first place, I'll never fucking know. But that was nearly two fight ending sequences, as they call it. That's the kind of thing they're looking for. And that's yeah. what that was. He nearly got him out of there. So even if you include Volkanovski's knockdown of Brian Ortega in the same round, you've still got to take that as a 21 and fight in sequences as such. So there's no doubt for me that Ortega won that third round and probably the fifth just because the pressure he was putting on Volkanovski and Volkanovski, I wouldn't say he was running. I think he was probably protecting himself. He knew Ortega had to come out, give Hill for Leather in the final round. And um he's like, well fuck it. I'll try and avoid him. Do what 
do what he can do. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think Volker has done that really well in the fifth round, but definitely Ortega won the fifth round. So I'd 48 47. I can maybe I went 49 46, but definitely without doubt, for nobody to give Brian Ortega a fucking round, or for the judges not to give Brian Ortega a round, I thought was fucking shocking. I didn't see a 10 8 in there either. No, I don't know what a 10 8 came for. Don't get me wrong, there was times where Ortega was on his back and Fucking Volkanovski was just fucking punching fuck out his face. Like there was, he, he didn't do, he couldn't do certain t- at certain times. He couldn't do a lot. Um, I, I think Brian Brian Ortega, I think even the first round he started okay, but he didn't do great. I don't, I don't, I was confused by Brian Ortega. I think I, I don't, I think I don't know how to discuss this because I think Brian Ortega could be one of these fighters who is one of the greatest fighters never to win a, a UFC title. Because well, he have every single aspect to be one of the greatest MMA fighters ever. Thing is, that's that's the thing about Brian Ortega. I was watching this right, and I was watching the two of them right. And if you're new to MMA, right, you don't know either of their names. You don't know what the shorts mean. You don't know anything. If you look at these two guys and you think which one of these guys is an MMA superstar, one hundred percent, probably ninety nine percent of people watching that for the first time would have picked. Ortega as your 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 MMA superstar. He's big. He's rangy. He's jiu-jitsu, He can punch. He's got all these. Um, I just it's so. I I posted on Twitter and I basically said that the belt seems to be his kryptonite because when he's not fighting for the belt, he's outstanding. He's fight. His performance against zombies possibly one of the single best performances I think I've ever seen. In a main event of, that wasn't for a title, like honestly, twenty five minutes of just utter, utterly world class MMA. But yeah, when it comes to the for the belt, there's just something missing. It's a common theme on this card, by the way, because it's similar with blades, and we'll probably talk about blades later. But there's just there's just something no there. There's just something I don't know what it is with Brian Ortega. Listen, I love Ortega. He's one of he was one of the you know very first members of you know my team, my guys. He was he's I love watching him. I love anybody who's willing to choke somebody with a guillotine. You do not see enough guillotines anymore, man. And I'll always love Ortega for it. But I don't know, man. I just I feel like everyone will be like, "Oh, what's next for Volkanovski?" But I genuinely think the bigger question is, "What's next for Ortega?" If he can't win that belt, and he should be good enough, he's got the skills. What does he do next? The, what's, the, what's... the good thing with Ortega is he's still pretty young, isn't he? He's still got a few years ahead of him. He's still going to get better. That's the other thing, I suppose. Um, well, that's the scary as, thing. As good as he is right now, he can get better, and there's no doubt that that can happen. Um, I don't know what's next from. I think he's going. He's just obviously he's going to have to take a step or two back. He's going to maybe have to fight maybe a couple of killers, maybe like an Arnold Allen or Chikadze, something like that. Just just for something different. I don't even think it's not as if it's a confidence issue because you can see Brian Ortega's got confidence in himself. He knows that. He carries himself. He knows he's confident. He knows how good he is. But for some reason, he gets in that odd corner. All right, he's had two title fights and he's been beaten by arguably the two greatest featherweight champions of all time. Like, there's no doubt about that. There's, there's probably only one other fighter in the history of the featherweight division for me that's probably ahead of Brian Ortega and that was maybe Aldo, the three of them. Do you know what I mean? For our, they're our champions. And Ortega's fought two of them in title fights and he couldn't beat other on the title fights. So it's a massive step there for Brian Ortega to take going forward. Uh, but he can get better. I think he'll come back. I think he'll always be about there. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him fight Holloway again, we see him fight Volkanovski again um, for the title again at some point. For me, definitely, because he's just too good not to. 
there isn't a lot within that division I think that would be able to stop Brian Ortega at his best on his night. Um, oh, for me, I anyway, agree. I, I I don't think there is many out there that will be able to stop him on on his on his night. I really don't believe that, but I don't know, man. I just it's so weird because I'm like I'm still not I'm still not sold on Volkanovski even after that performance, which is nuts because it was probably one of the best title defenses well, I was, I've I was seen think, with my own eyes. I was thinking um, a wee bit about Volkanovski, and as we've said, we're not exactly there was always something we felt was missing with Volkanovski, but I think we were looking mm-hmm. for something that wasn't there because it isn't there. There isn't anything missing. Like he he has as I said earlier on, he has everything. Um, there's nothing outstanding within his game. Is he striking inside pretty good? I of course it is. Is his takedown good? I really is good. Is his ground and pound good? Fucking right, it's good. It's fucking shit hot, man. Way he's fucking punching fuck it or take it times is unbelievable. So I think because he doesn't have that outstanding skill, that one single thing that takes him above, he does ever like we think we spoke about quite often in this show, you've there's like maybe four aspects to MMA. I think he's probably got three out of four of them. Um, without doubt and he does it the 3 out of the 4 of them to a good 8, 9 out of 10 he doesn't maybe have a 10 out of 10 but he does the, th- the 3 of them 8 or 9 out of 10 yep. and I think that's that's maybe what it is he's not got that 10 out of 10 skill aspect of he's going to go out and box fuck out your ears and kick fuck out you striking's not a 10 out of 10 it's very fucking good it's very very good his takedowns are very very good his ground rounds exceptional he's just there is something missing that makes him a superstar, and I don't know what it is, because I actually quite like him. Some of his interviews and stuff, I've heard some of his interviews, he fucking seems like a sound guy, he seems absolutely brand new, talks really well. And I'm just, I, I, I still don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what it is, and he could be a superstar, he should be a superstar, because he could hold that belt for a while yet, do you know what I mean? So, but it was, it was brilliant again Saturday, you can't deny that, to go beat or take it the way he did, and do it as he did is was was superb, man. Um, so fair play to Volkanovski. You've got to give him his credit, I suppose, for Saturday night's performance because you can't deny that. Um, but there was, as you said, there's still something missing. I can't quite work out myself what the fuck it is. Yeah, and it could for just me, be a anyway. personal, it could just be a personal opinion thing for you and I, mate. I think it's just one of these things because you've got loads of people who are massive Volk fans that'll be able to say, "Oh, he's a real deal. He's 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 Mr. MMA. He's pound for pound the best," and that's fine. I don't, I can't argue with it. But I just, there's just something about him that's never really just washing me, man. I don't know what it is, but yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? What's next for them both then? Is uh, is this a hoodo next for Volkanovski or what? I actually don't know. Um... For me, I want Holloway fight. I just want to. I just want to see him fight Holloway again because I want to see. I want to see Holloway hold that belt again. But I'm a, I'm a massive Holloway Holloway fan and such. He's he's fucking. I just love fucking Max Holloway. So I'm probably totally fucking get the the rose tinted glasses on there. And obviously, I think yeah. Holloway won the second fight against Volkanovski. So for me, the third has to happen. But I really don't know, me. I, I was I've quite looked through the rankings there myself. I'm like, ah, meh, meh. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like he could fuck off for a year in a year's time, he's still not the number one contender. Yeah. Honestly, because there's so many good fighters within that division, you could easily set up like, a wee tournament and fucking give him a year off, and then come back in a year's time and go right, folk. Here's here's somebody that's just beaten another four or five guys in this top ten. Good fight, him. There's no outstanding candidate for Volkanovski to fight next. Um, I think maybe he's got to look. Pff, 
as much as maybe we don't want it, he's got to maybe look outside his division for something different. Maybe that's why the Cejudo fight is the one to make. I know, but I can't be asked with a cunt, so... <laughs> I don't know why I mentioned his name. I know, I know. Right. There's a question, Let's quite one, Jake. They could make one three five. Oh, Volkanovski? Aye. Uh, I don't see why not. Just wonder maybe if in future if that's an option. Yeah. he is tiny for his... He is quite small for a fellow as it is. Never mind fucking anything else. Well, one three five, maybe something could happen there down there at some point. But who knows? There's, there's no point. I'm cutting to one three five because Aljamain Sterling's fucked again. So, well, maybe he goes like, oh, "Fuck it, I'll fight Peter Yan next month." That would be good. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Hmm. Um, so, whatever. Well, I was going to say, moving on to the second greatest women fighter in the world, still. She's another one that's got an issue and problems, and I think she, she's too good for a division. She's too good for women's MMA. She's just too good. She's Can just... I ask you something, right? Like, seriously, right? I don't want to do any disrespect to Sheva or Lauren Murphy or any of the women flyweights, but do you honestly think it honestly took her, it should have taken her 19 minutes to finish that? Do you think she just, do you think she gets bored doing training camps and only fighting for, like, three minutes? Do you think she just goes, fuck it, I'm going to just have a bit of a laugh? And I know Lauren Murphy's defence was decent and she's she's quite durable, Lauren Murphy, but come on, mate, this, I'm sorry. I understand Lauren Murphy was next in line and she was the next due to get a shot, but she's nowhere near that level. Like, nowhere near it. Like, a million miles for it. And it took Valentina Shevchenko 19 minutes. And there's just... There's something in my head that keeps telling me that she just toys with her mate. She just, like, wants to fight for as long as she can. That's maybe the thing. Maybe she just wants to fight. Maybe she just wants to be in the octagon. Maybe she just wanted to... The time, maybe she just enjoys it. Maybe she just enjoys being in that octagon and enjoying the atmosphere and stuff. Actually, like, well, I'm going to beat them eventually, so why not just fucking enjoy it and take my time and fucking no risk maybe any stupid injuries or risk anything stupid. Just do it, ground them down eventually, slowly, pack at them, take them down, just just have fun with it. And that's, to be honest, that's what she does because she's just too fucking good. She's too good for that division. There's nothing coming through either that you could go fuck. I right, put her in there against her because there isn't anything there. Um, I, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know anymore, man. Um, I don't know what's what's there for and what's, what's what's the future for Sheva either because as I say she's just too fucking good. Um, she, she's she's far too good, mate. She's far too good. I honestly think to keep it entertaining. It has to be the Nunez trilogy. It has that's to be. Almost, I think that's the only thing that's left for both fighters, to be honest. There's nothing left for Nunez. I know she's got a fight coming up against Juliana Pena. Whenever that gets re- I think it, that gets remade, is that December? December. December 10th or something like that. So she's got that fight there. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's already in work. Maybe there's already a bit of talk about that and that's maybe why she wanted uh, the Octagon time. Maybe she did take the time against fucking Lord Murphy because she wanted to make sure she had a wee bit of time under her belt. You don't know. Um, I, that, that's got to be a fight to get made for me because there's nothing else there. There's no other fight for either fighter within their respective decisions. The two of them are far and away, miles and miles ahead of everything in, in women's MMA without doubt. So... 
make the fight and let's fucking go on with it. Let's see the two greatest female MMA fighters head to head again. It's got to happen. Yeah. I got it's, got to to happen, it's got to happen, mate. Had the vision consult itself out. Um, the scary thing is she's probably still got another three or four years in her. Um, maybe, well, maybe not three or four, maybe, th- uh, maybe three or four, maybe. So, I mean, so she's she's potentially going to be fighting forever and she'll, she'll no drop that belt, I don't think. No, mate, it's hers, it's hers as long as she wants her. Um, it's hers for fucking to the end of time. I think she said herself she just keeps fighting as long as she's allowed, basically. I don't think she's got any intention of retiring. I think she'll just continue and continue and continue just finishing people and just ending them, basically. So, Fuck it. Why? It's Sheva, man. She's different class, mate. She's just Unreal. up here. Like, Aye. Way up, way up I, here. I think she, she's one of those fighters probably 20 years time you look back and go not realise the level that she was probably fighting at at the time and you go, fuck me, man. How fucking good was she? And do you know why that'll be? Because the competition isn't there. You yep. look at guys like Adesanya, you look at guys like Usman, you look at guys like Volkanovski beating top-level guys. Ortega's, you know, almost on the same level as Volkanovski, whereas none of these girls, no offence to them, are on the same level as Sheva. And I, think I, think got, that, I think we've got to remember that probably women's MMA is 10, 15 years behind men's in that respect, and they're probably the depth, the depth isn't there for that reason. Uh, probably in 10, 15 years' time, we'll look at it and go, fuck's sake, man, we've got 10 Shevas in the top 10 the women's flyweight division, something stupid like that, do you know what I mean? So, um, but she'll be a she's a trailblazer. Of shit. She'll show she can show showing the level that women's MMA can get to, and we need to get there quickly for her benefit as well. Because I think that would be fucking good for her if she's a colour decent challenges win that division. Oh, it's definitely where it's going, mate. It's definitely the way it should, it should be. You know, what I mean, it's hundred percent the reason why it can't be. And she's um, I she's just different class, mate. Cheers, man. She's unbelievable. Um, what about the triumphant return of Nick Diaz? I hope this is the start of something. Not for maybe necessarily Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. Maybe Robbie Lawler. But I think we've spoken about it quite a few times. This is maybe the catalyst for something going forward for me. This should be used as something. Everybody loved the fact Robbie Lawler was fighting Nick Diaz this weekend. And I think you've got to look at something going forward. As I we spoke about it before, a seniors fighting challenge, a veterans, whatever you want to call it, a legends league, a legends tour. It's got to be used. There should be a legends fight every single event for me. Team one fifty five, one seventy one eighty five. Surely you can get guys in every pay per view event. Anyway, drag out the old boys, have a bit of fun with it, make it three rounds. Why the fuck they thought they were ever going to go fucking five rounds? I don't fucking know. I didn't. I didn't realise this was five rounds. I couldn't believe it, man, when I seen it. I was like, there's no way that they went five rounds. Oh, no, Nick Diaz was like, ah, fuck this, man, I'm fucking done. To be fair, I think if it was a three-round fight, he might have continued. I think he just mm-hmm. couldn't be asking him back up. I thought, I think he'd probably be like, ah, can't be worried about two and a half rounds. Nah, fuck that, man, I'm fucking done. I'm out of here. I've made my money and I'm fucking up the road. It was a, a bit... Uh, did you think it was a bit embarrassing? What, the finish or the fight? The whole, the whole thing, the fight. I mean, the crowds. No, actually, the crowd were up for it, and the atmosphere was great, and I love it for that. I love it that they were screaming his name, and it was loud, and it was boisterous. But it was just a bit. I don't know, man. Just flat. I, th- I actually was. I, I think obviously compared to the level of the fight I'm now, like obviously it's totally different. 
this was just two guys going out there for a scrap and for a good bit of fun, and I fucking enjoyed it because there was nothing at stake, really, let's be honest. It was just yeah. good, old-fashioned fun. It was like watching fucking... You watch Clay Guida fight or you watch Jim Miller fight, the guys are just doing it for fun, man. They're making a bit of dough off at the end, and then it's just all good fun. And they're the kind of guys we're talking about when we talk about these kind of these kind of veterans league, these legends tours type thing. That's the kind of guys that have got to be involved in us. And I think it'd be a fucking tremendous idea for the UFC going forward. I think you should make a fucking over 35 belt or something like that, to be honest. Just get everybody involved in it and just have a fucking laugh. Not take it too seriously and just enjoy watching these guys fight. There's guys who've maybe left the UFC in the last few years as well who have known their last fights or known their chance to maybe say goodbye to a lot of the crowds and stuff like that because... It just doesn't happen. They just get cut and oh wait, that's you done. You've you've lost your last four, so I can see you later. I right, see you later. Take them about and let them fight each other and give them a good fucking a good bit of fun, man. Um, I do like I do like the idea. Although you and I said a legends tour, actually a legends fight on like pay, even if it's just pay per views, like you have a legends fight, like a bit like you know, like um, Sunday at Glastonbury, you've got the legends slot on the Sunday afternoon at Glastonbury. That kind of idea. Great idea, man. Because it's just, hang on, these guys aren't going to fight just for fun. You're going to have to fucking give them a few quid in their fucking back pockets. So the pay-per-views would increase possibly a bit of the pay-per-view money as well. So it'd be a perfect thing you do. Every single pay-per-view, just drag out a couple of old legends, get them on the card and let them have a bit of fun. Do I want to see them fight MD who's underage or 35? They are fuck. Let them fight each other and that is that. Because that's when you get the fun out of it. That's when you get the good, good... It's a good time, mate. I, just, I, I actually... You see some of these old guys fighting, you fucking don't enjoy it. It's two guys who are so slow. And don't get me wrong, I think Nick Diaz is a wee bit slow in his old age, as you can start fucking telling. But it was still good fun, man. It was fucking... I just... I really enjoyed it. I really did. I'm not going to deny it for a second, because I did. Fair enough, mate. It's better than 55-year-old boxers fighting each other anyway. Well, fuck, don't even start me on that, man. That's another whole show. Fucking hell, man. This is why we don't branch into boxing, because boxing is pish. Boxing's far as shite, mate. It's such a shame, man. I fucking love boxing as well, but it's just shite. Curtis Blades. Are we just skipping over, big Curtis? (sighs) Mate, Curtis Blades does what Curtis Blades does. does. Um, I was quite... I thought... I thought Rosenstrike started quite well pushing Blades back, which is what he had to do because you're going to fight a wrestler. You push them back, it kind of, usually it's quite difficult to get the takedowns for her. Um, I think he went for a kick at one point and then that was fucking up, man. It was fight over. As soon as he got him doing once, it was fucking going to happen every fucking time. <sighs> it's very, it's starting, it's funny, right? I used to love the fact that Blades was a wrestler at the heavyweight. You don't see them, although they should probably, be, you're more likely to have a wrestler at a bigger weight, but it, you don't see them very much, especially in MMA. So it was something different. But no, it's just starting to get a bit fucking like, like come on, mate. Because he seems to have the tools. His boxing stance is tremendous. He looks like a boxer when he's standing. That's been so much better, by the way. I thought that really his boxing on Saturday night looked a lot better than it has done previously. He is, he is fucking massive, mate. I honestly do not think there's a bigger heavyweight in that division. He is absolutely huge, mate. His legs, his arms, his torso, everything about him is just fucking massive. But there's just something missing. And I don't know what it is because his striking's getting better, as you say. Obviously, we know his wrestling's world class. He can wrestle fuck anybody in that division, no problem. What is it? What, what, what is it about Blades that's keeping him? What from a title shot or to 
No, not from a title shot because he's winning. The, he's beating the guys put in front of him. He's always had a couple of stumbling blocks in the way, and maybe he's not quite on that level. But so, I mean, were you absolutely buzzing watching that? No, as soon as I see Curtis Blade's name on a card, I'm not interested. That's my point. So it's like, but he's got the tools. He's definitely got the tools, mate. So what is it? What? It's there's just something a bit like what we said about Volkanovski. Volkanovski for you and me, obviously he's clearly a great fighter and he's elite level, but there's just something about him that hasn't sold on you and I. Same with Blades. There's something about Blades here that just isn't all there. He's not got that wee bit of pizzazz, mate. He's just got something missing. He's not got that standout. Maybe that's that, especially in the heavyweight division, let's be honest, it's knockouts, that's what you're looking to see. You actually see people get finished for some reason, it's just this thing in the knockout in the heavyweight division. They say you don't get many wrestlers at that division, and let's be honest, he's the fucking best one in it, without fucking doubt. You can't argue with that statement. He's been caught a couple of times, that's it. He's been caught twice, once by Ngannou, once by Lewis, and that was that. That was his, basically, number one contenders fighting both times to get fucking finished, and he never get his fight in a title shot. He's going to have to do it all again. He's going to have to go and beat a, beat somebody else to maybe, I don't even know, I'm trying to fucking think who's fucking in that division, but he's going to have to go and beat somebody else now to go and get Lewis. a fucking title well, shot. Get a win back against Lewis. Maybe that's, maybe that's what he's got to go and do now. I really just don't know anymore with fucking Curtis Blades. I'm, I'm not bored of him. That sounds so harsh. But he does bore me a bit, and he just doesn't excite me. As I say, if, if I know he's on a card, it's like fucking doing homework. Like, I, you, you watch MMA and you do the podcast because we fucking love doing it. But I feel like I've got to watch Curtis Blades fight to do the podcast. It's like doing fucking homework. And it's fucking torture. It's, I'm just, I'm sitting there watching it going, hey, okay, I get to take it down, right? That sound right. I'll fast forward it three minutes. Oh, is that mental mission, right, bro? I'm going to get a push. Right, come back. Fucking, just, it's just constant the same. It's monotonous. Me, Curtis Blades, I just can't even ask, to be honest. And it feels so harsh saying that about Curtis Blades. It really does. I know, because he's such a likeable big guy and he is, got, he is good. I think just, I don't know, maybe it just needs to be more exciting. Who knows? Listen, it's just a personal opinion. Again, it's just what we think and it's just one of these things. I love Curtis Blades, actually. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a rapper. I'm a grappler. I'm a... I'm a grappling kind of like guy. I like I like that style, but for some even with me, I'm just a bit like, eh, all right. No, exactly. It's just, aye. Let's move on before we get fucking bored talking about him because yeah. I'm fucking bored. What about Jessica Andrade? Yeah, she's over power Calvillo on the end. And I think you could just see with her two body shapes. Like I'm not saying Calvillo's like she's not. She's soft. Do you know what I mean? She's not really muscular, and to deal with the strength and drag, you need a bit of something about you. I don't yeah. think she either got the speed to stay away from her or the strength to keep her off her, and that was probably the two things Calvillo was missing in the end. Um, and her drag just overpowered her, ran, ran through her basically in the end and fucking got it done. I thought maybe she should be shot a wee bit earlier than it actually was. I thought fucking went on a wee bit longer than fucking what we needed, but yeah. um, aye, it was done. It was, like, it was a routine win for Andrade. Um, Weird call-outs. You beat fucking Cynthia Calvillo in the, the flyweight division and you go and call out fucking Wee Lee Zhang and Rosanam Yunus. Confused.com, but that one she wants to call out, then that's what she can do. Because she's she's been at, she's been at flyweight for her last three fights. Well, that's, but like, that's, that's what confused me because if Cynthia Calvillo had beaten Jessica Andrade for Saturday night, she'd have been next in line to fight Sheva. So why the fuck's Andrade coming out and going, oh, fuck it? 
I'll beat the fifth rank flyweight and then go show it really Zhang and fucking rather than Amy Yunus. It's probably because she doesn't want to fight Shevchenko again. And no the, the, fucking blame her, but it's just <laughs> But that's the only fight that's the only fight that's there for uh Jessica Andras. So why not go fight somebody in the fly the strawweight division if that's the fucking title you're gonna go after? That just didn't make sense to me. I was sitting there going, Is she fucking for real? Did she think Alvio was a fucking strawweight or something? Let's get on here. I just yeah. I was annoyed at that to be honest. That fucking annoyed me because it seems like a waste of a fight. Fuck Alvio as well a wee bit with that respect. It just seemed like I don't know. Anyway. But it was a pretty good card. There was fucking some great championship performances on it, a legend on it. Two legends on it, and it just Ah, uh, there's some decent fun, man. It was good. Any other special mentions on it? On the prelims, you want? I mean, yeah. you could talk about them. You could talk about them all, man. Santos was class. Fucking Dawkins knocked Abdurakimov's head off. He'll fight for a title at some point. There's something about fucking Chris, uh, Chris Dawkins, and I don't know what it is. He'll fight for a title at some point. I think he's just so fucking tough, man. It's just brilliant, and he seems like such a sound guy as well. He's a bit like a zombie. He just keeps on coming. Mental, mate. I actually really like him, to be honest. I think, I think I spoke a couple of weeks back when we seen Big Tom Aspinall. I think they took the kind of the two of them are maybe kind of the future of this division or such. They're kind of two fighters that are kind of up there and will be fighting for a title at some point. Uh, them and Big Cyril. Yeah, that's, that's your three, isn't it? That's your three future. We treble, basically, type thing. It's funny, like, you and I obviously normally have our own performance of the night based on an actual performance. See if I was picking one, got to admit it would take a bit of beating for Dan Hooker's. I thought Dan Hooker was absolutely sensational, mate. I think for a, a full length of performance, I think without doubt, like obviously, whenever you never see it, you never see a 15 minute performance, get your fucking performance bonus. It doesn't work, never no. happens. But I was sensational, everything he did, man. No offence to Nasrat Hagparas, he should never have brought that out to come with Dan Hooker at this stage of his career. No chance. He's not He's not good enough, mate. It's simple as. And I like Hagparas as well, man. So he's good fun to watch at times. But he just should not have brought in there with Dan Hooker. Um, so, fair play to him, obviously. To him with a lot of issues coming into this fight. And a lot of them, I think the two of them, it was like 24 hours inside making weight or something like that. The two of them arrived in Vegas. So, obviously, there's other issues with... With Hooker as well, maybe we'll get into that later on. We got our news, um, our news section, but there's a lot of issues obviously happening in New Zealand and stuff like that. So fair play to Hooker for getting over there and putting on a performance for that was fucking sensational, mate. It definitely was, mate. It definitely was. <laughs> Talking of zombies, what about fucking Merab? Come back in a year. I oh, thought he was gone, mate. I thought the referee should have called that. I'm well, not that. I was going to say, should that have been a stoppage? There was at one point, uh, I was quite called Merab. Merab went to fall flat on his face, and Julian Lisa didn't fall flat on his face because Marais was standing in front of him and basically held him up. I, I was like, he's about to fucking fall. And literally, it was as if Marais went to hit him again, and he's falling into his arms, and all of a sudden he's fucking stood back up again on it. I was, if, if I was Marlon Marais and I go back and watch that first round, I'm going, like, who the fuck's the ref no called it there? How's he no called that? How's the ref no fucking called that thing? And then after that, it was fucking... So watching Mini Khabib, wasn't it? He just fucking ragdolled him for the next fucking six, seven minutes after the, after that. It was fucking... It was lethal, mate. Honestly, he's he's brilliant at what he does. Let's be honest, man. I was fucking superb at what he does, man. It was it was honestly... It was a tremendous comeback and a tremendous performance for him. It certainly was. There's no many like him in that division. No, it's, not, it's a division who has got a lot of very good strikers, good boxers. 
Um, Aljo's obviously very good at the ground. We know Jan's very good at the ground game as well, but they're not. That's not their number one priority to go and try and ragdoll fuck at you. He's probably the only guy within that division you can look at and go, oh, well, that's what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to ragdoll you to the ground and fucking batter fuck at you. Yeah. Um, so, but it makes it interesting, man. I think, I think mate, going forward, obviously, Aljo and him work with the same team and stuff. I, I can make things interesting going forward. Imagine Merab versus Peter Yan in Russia for a belt, man. Georgia versus Russia. Holy shit. Well, I, I read somewhere, obviously, talking about it later, Aljo's obviously looks like he's out to fight against fucking Yan, man. That fucking somebody saying fucking Merab should stand up. Look at the fucking... Uh, obviously, you'd imagine Aljo would probably go out to Abu Dhabi to 267 as well, man. That would be fucking... That would make it electric. Imagine Merab versus Yan, 267. Aljo's fucking cage side in the fucking... And the corner and stuff like that, that would be fucking electric. It would be, it'd be a great fucking atmosphere and stuff like that. And Jan obviously would like to go and beat Merab to make sure he gets fucking Aljo sorted out next time. Yeah. A good bit of, a good wee bit of storyline there if they could fucking... I don't imagine yeah. Merab would be able to fight in that after that fucking first round though, man, because he took a couple of heavy fucking blows to the head. He'll be three months out probably. I would think so. I don't think we'll see him again this year, so... Anything else on that? I suppose Semmel's burger is worth a mention. 15 seconds. That was beautiful. Um, how he didn't get 50k for that, I'll never know. Um, but, I mean... Yeah, it was it was, it was tremendous knockout, man. I think was that his last two fights for a total of 31 seconds or something, stupid. He's fucking ridiculous, man. Uh, it was fucking... It was... Oh, it was Jason Whitman, sorry, it wasn't the Chaos Williams, because it was against Chaos Williams, one before that. So his last two knockouts, his last three fights, have both lasted a total of 31 seconds. So, um, aye, brilliant, man. And I thought Jalen Turner looked really, really good as well against Medic, to be honest. I thought he looked fucking really, really good, especially when you consider he's mainly a striker and he was taking him down at times and stuff like that, and then eventually got his finish with a choke as well. Was, I thought he looked tremendous, to be honest. Yeah, um, but that's his second rear naked choke win in a row. I know he's adding so, to the game clearly. You can see that. I think they were even talking about that in the commentary and stuff like that. He's he's adding different aspects to his game and a guy that size in that division, he could be fucking dangerous going forward. Yeah, definitely good, mate. Definitely good. Right. Wow. <laughs> Moving swiftly. Is that done? Fuck this weekend, look at time. <laughs> I know, I know, mate. Um just quickly, right, um I want to talk about one championship. Obviously, Christian Lee was defending his welterweight belt. Um against Ray Yoon Oak, or Oke. Um, the Christian Lee was a bit of a badass man when he won that belt. It was, like, absolutely savage. Um, it was something kind of special. Um, and watching him defend, it's been brilliant. He's beaten Nash Tukian, who beat fucking... Uh, Alvarez. Alvarez, and then the guy, Yuri Lapiskis, is the boy that fucking Alvarez punched in the back of the head, apparently. So I think this was a bit of a shock, this Ray Yoon Oak beating him, to be fair. Um... But I didn't see it. I just thought we'd mention it just because also I think it was a bit of a shock. The guys, well, guys beat uh, Alvarez as well, I suppose. But I still think Gura is a decent fighter as well. I mean, it shows the guys. Oh, I've never seen it either, to be honest. I totally forgot it was on. Um, I'd probably tried to catch it if I knew it was on because that'd have been a fucking class fight to sit and watch, to be honest. Um, um, shows the class the guy he's got. Seen him a couple of times now and he looks fucking looks decent. Obviously, Alvarez. Maybe everybody thought the Alvarez fight was a one-off, but fuck me, man, that was supposed to go. It's not if you're going to go out there and beat Christian Lee. Fucking right. Um, Christian Lee's wee sister, the wee 16-year-old lassie, she was, she's up to 3-0. and 
um, beat Victoria Souza, who was 5 and all, which is a decent level, I suppose, um, as well. Um, the only other thing on this I want to mention is because I actually watched it. Um, Anatoly Malikin was due to fight Ali Akbari back March, April, some shit. Didn't happen. And <laughs> this, this was absolutely savage, man. It was basically Malikin just hunting Ali Akbari down. Um, it was if you if you got time, mate. I know you're busy this afternoon, but if you if you've got time, I mean, Malikin's not a big heavyweight. He's only six foot. Um, he looked wee compared to Ali Akbari, and um, it was just tremendous. He just kept on swinging for basically three minutes. It was just beautiful. It was a class knockout, man. You should watch it if you can. I'm going to try and watch, maybe try and, but you know, you do them have got that in their fucking locker, and even Ali Akbari's got that in his fucking locker. So that was that was going to happen at some point, probably. Okay. Right, moving on. Um, before we move on to this weekend, quick shout out for Chris Duncan for tonight. Um, he is fighting in the Contender Series against undefeated Albanian Manuel Gash Gash Um So that'll be pretty good. Um, there's also a couple other Europeans fighting on it um, against each other: Lucas Sadowski and Igor Poteria. Oh man, nineteen and two. Shit, man. Um, so yeah, good luck to Chris Duncan. Chris is a good fighter. I've seen him fighting Bellator a couple of times. He might, um, he might do all right tonight. Tough fight, mate. Um, MD seven and O's got a decent fighter as well. Both of them obviously seven and O's as well. So, um, obviously Chris has fought a wee bit. I would say a slightly higher level. So I would hope that would stand him in good stead. Maybe he's a wee bit of Bellator experience to probably do him good. I would imagine in this fight. So, uh, no, I fancy Chris. I really hope he does get fucking business done, man, because. But brilliant of an old Scottish fighter in uh, the UFC and he gets his contract. He loves to finish. He loves to go out there and make a statement. So I think hopefully we'll fucking get that done tonight. Definitely. Hopefully I'll get to show it before tonight as well, but um, I can't see that happening. So anyway, good luck to you, Chris, anyway. Well, hold on. Let's do a wee bit then. So we'll just congratulate him the new on winning, just in case he does win. <laughs> right, I said good shout. Aye, well done for Chris Duncan's <laughs> fucking finish last night. That was absolutely sensational. <laughs> What if he gets pumped? We won't talk about it. I'll just put a bit of black space in there. <laughs> right. Um, like this is going to be quite quick looking through Cage Warriors, I think, because there's so much of it, it would just take us all night um, to talk about it. Um, Thursday night is headlined by the vacant bantamweight championship match between Dominic Wooding and Nathan Fletcher. Nathan Fletcher's 6-0. I would say it's probably swinging towards Nathan Fletcher for me. Um, it's just the way I, I see it. I think I can't see um, Wooding beating him, to be honest. But you never know. These things... No, I wouldn't argue, mate. It looked good against Bullen, Brian Bullen, last time out, to be honest, Nathan Fletcher. So I definitely would. That was, if I had a tear on my pocket and I was betting one of them, that's the way I'd be going myself. Um, as we always say, every time we review Cage Warriors, you should always watch it. If you've got access, even if you're in America, Australia, wherever you are, Russia, wherever you listen to this podcast, um, if you've got access to uh, Fight Pass, you can watch Cage Warriors. It is definitely worth the watch. The quality is unreal. And Wesley Myers, always fun to watch. He's on Thursday night as well, so definitely worth catching um, if you can. Friday night, we have the interim featherweight title fight because Jordan Vucenic is out, so Paul Hughes stepped up to fight Morgan Charrier in the interim featherweight championship title fight. That fight is going to be, like, that's potentially one of the Cage Warriors' fight of the years. Without doubt, mate. Two tremendous fighters, two 
fucking guys just love to go and fucking bang as well, man. So it should be, it should be good fun, man. I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. It's been an absolute cracker. Can't wait to watch that on Friday night. That's possibly, even though it's a, oh fuck me, you look Shanks versus Sam Creasy's but I've got to say that's probably my title fight of the week as such. But um, no, it was a tremendous fight, but I cannot fucking wait to get and watch it. Obviously, we have some added interest on Friday. Our boy Aidan Stephen is fighting against Edward Walls, who has the most finished name I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, he, like, what the fuck happened there, man? That was as bad as fucking Delaney that plays for Denmark, isn't it? What the fuck's that all about? If you haven't um, listened to it, we did an interview with Aidan a year ago. Um, it was great <laughs> talking to him. I know. I just couldn't believe it, man, when it caught my memories and said it was a year ago. Um, he, good few stories, man, about £800 whiskey bills and fucking winning a Mai Tai tournament um, wearing a Liverpool kit that he wasn't even entered in there in the first place. So if you haven't listened to that, check it out. It's definitely worth the listen. Um, Aiden was in quite good form. So good luck to Aiden this weekend. Um, he could do a win, to be fair. Um, it would do him, do him good to get a, another win. He's been a bit kind of stop-start the last while, so it'd be good to get a win for him. Yeah, he's been hitting my son. He's last put one one lost one, one one lost one, one one lost one. He's last six, so he uh, could do another one. Definitely tonight and uh, Friday night. And then Saturday night is headlined by Mark's title fight of the weekend. Um look Shanks versus Sam Tracy. See on paper, man, I, I said that Paul Hughes Vicenich is arguably fighted potentially fight of the year. So is this. This is this has got fire written all over it, mate. Yeah, it's a tremendous fight as well. It's been it's uh so Luke Shanks also fought for this title already, lost the fight to Jake Hadley as well. So he's got that maybe that wee bit of beanies bonnet such you want to come back and fucking make a second go at it and make sure he fucking wins this title second time round. But not a good Sam Creasy has, man, he's been in Cage Wars a long time now as well. So he's got that experience behind him, won his last three, three good wins. Um he's obviously lost the title as well a couple of years back. So I um fuck he's fought twice for it and lost it fucking twice, so uh, aye, that's a tremendous fight, mate. I think it'll be an absolute superb fight. I'm um, interested who actually comes out and wins this because I don't think I could pack this for a toss a coin number, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it'd be good for. I think I'd, I don't know. I think I'd quite like to see Luke win it. Um, I don't know why. I just think. I think we'll back Luke as well, because he's Scottish based at least, aren't he? Exactly. Um, I know he has already held it and he lost it to Jake Hadley, but um, it would be good. I think I Scottish based. There's there's always that wee there, that wee bit of kind of um, kind of tie there with us. Um, this card is actually really good. By the way, you've got the Figlack brothers on it, Matt and uh, Mike. Both are very exciting. One one seventy one at one five five. Both brilliant. Um, Reese McKee making his pretty major return to Cage Warriors after a disappointing uh, UFC run. To be fair, he probably admit it himself. Okay, he get, he get fed to Chimaev. Right straight off the bat. Fed, but, literally fed. Here you go, Jim. I have finished that. <laughs> and he did, to be fair. So, um, yeah, listen, there's, there's, there's some really good fights on this car. I see them all, like George Hardwick versus Donnell from uh, Czech Republic. Brilliant fight. Um, obviously, we have another added interest this week. Scott uh, Boom Boom Malone is fighting against Dylan Hazan. Um, another superb fight. Um, something worth. If you're a Scottish fan of MMA watching it, um, I like Dylan Hazan as well. He's quite a, he's quite a good fighter. But obviously, be supporting our boy Scott, 
Um, Scott could do a win at this level as well. Um, I know he, he won at the last Cage Warriors and he had a couple of good wins at EO, EOC and Cage Steel. So another win here would be good for um, good for him. So that would be something to look forward to as well. Um, Definitely. I'm looking forward to it, man, to be honest. I'm looking forward to the whole thing. It should be really good. Yeah, he's really Cage Warriors, aren't they? Haven't done really well, so... Yeah. Anyway, moving... Is this, that, that, oh, well, there's two, is there two sets of brothers on this card, then? I was going to say, Harry Hardwick, is that another brother? I don't know. Must be George's brother, surely, man. So you get the Figlax and the Hardwicks. One, one's 145, and he's 155. There you go. I, was just, I think we should get George Hardwick set up at 170 and fight Matthias Figlax. And fucking Harry Hardwick could fight, take a step up to 155 and fight Mike Figlax. Fuck it. Go ahead, mate. Let's, arm. Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Right. Okay. Uh, Bellator or UFC first? Bellator? I get it the road. Right, Bellator is making um, a return to London, uh, Wembley Arena, this weekend. Um, it's headlined by the second fight between Dougie Lima and um, MVP. I was going to say Montel Latavius Porter there. But that's, that's, the, that's the wrestler. Fucking hell, man. Michael Venom Page. Um, Michael obviously would like to avenge the only loss on his record to Dougie Lima. Don't know how this is going to go, to be honest with you. Um, really could go either way. Yeah, it could be. I'm not really too sure how it's got to go myself. Um, obviously, weirdly, obviously, fucking the way um, we do get lost these fucking these belts, weren't they? It wasn't exactly fucking tremendous. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he comes back after that, that loss. Um, MVP fighting his hometown. He'll want to put a show on. He wants to go fight for the title again or fight for the first time, to be honest. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You'd wait. You you probably think Doogie get too much from Doogie's class, man. Doogie's one of the best fucking welterweights in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, not even in fucking Bellator, just in the world in general. Um, so you'd think Doogie Lima have too much then, but you just don't know because MVP's that flashy, that showy. You could just hit fucking Doogie Lima with something at some point and just fucking ends up. So, uh, I. As I said, Dougie will want his title back, so he'll want to go and beat MVP to get the Amazon fight back at some point. And there's a lot at stake, definitely a lot at stake. That's the proper number one contenders fight for me type thing. This is definitely whoever wins this fight, you'd imagine we'd go on to fight Amazon next. Even though MVP's just fought Amazon. Yeah, sorry, Lima. Aye, but again, the problem you've got is the divisions aren't particularly deep within. No. Um, that division, so that's where you're you're still lacking contenders. You're still talking the same three or four guys, kind of the top of the divisions within Bellator are fighting for the titles. So, um, few few others, obviously British based fighters with it being London. Lee McCourt, who's on about a tear, fighting Jessica Borgia, coming event. You've got Rob Whiteford fighting Andrew Fisher. Um, even European based. I don't know. There was a few French on this. You've got Eve Lando, David Gallen, and Lucy Bertot. And Fabacari Diata as well. Loads of French fighters, obviously. Maybe that's a, a hint that Bellator are maybe looking at that market as well. Um, there's some ex fucking Cage Warriors people on this as well at the bottom. Jack Grant, Nathan Jones, Mike Ekendayo as well. These are relatively new Cage Warrior fighters as well. And there's also nothing better than a Balkan European with a record like 11 and 1. You know, another, another Balkan based fighter to. Enjoy watching, so 
Yeah, that will be interesting. I was just going to be quite lucky. Uh, is that a fucking Iranian? Then? No, Tajikistan. Kurashad Korahov. I, I don't know why, but something's fucking... Uh, good luck to Mike and Kandayo, that's all I'll say. Wait, have you seen his nickname? No, I must start back with it, is it? Killer. Killer, yeah, good luck, Mike. I can dial. Yeah, that's going to be nasty. Has he ever went the distance? Round three, round two, round three, kicks punt. Oh, no, he did one. His second fight, he went the distance. But since then, he's kicked fuck at everybody. I won't fall to watch Fabricare Diata. I don't know why. I need to try and catch him. There's something about him that's just fucking... Aye. Anyway, sorry, my bad. I know, he looks a bit like a small Derek Brunson. Aye, he does look like somebody, but I'm trying to, I don't think it's Derek Brunson. He looks like somebody. Cannoneer, maybe, sorry. Yeah, I think it's about Cannoneer, like, that's what it is, aye. That's exactly what it is. Anyway, let's stop talking passion going on Yeah, right. Okay. Rattle through this. I'll right. be player at least as well, which will be good. You know what to catch up. So. Yeah, based in the UK, BBC player for Bellator. No excuses. It should be on a decent time as well, unless they tape delay it, which I hope they don't. Um, Surely not, man. If it's getting fucking shot in London, get it on in fucking London at the right fucking time, for fuck's sake, man. Right, so UFC um, back at the Apex, uh, headlined by Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. This fight's kind of snuck under the radar a wee bit. I kind of forgot that they'd made this fight. Um, this is going to make me buzzing. As I was saying to Mark earlier on, um, only recently started using the Verdict MMA app. If you don't use it, check it out. It's uh, definitely worth a wee look. Um, I can't pick half of these, man. I went on the app, started looking at it, and went, nah, this is too hard and put my phone down. I genuinely couldn't pick them. Um, there's so many good close fights on this. I actually think one, two, three, four, five... The top five fights, Santos Walker, Holland Dawkins, Lad Shearson, Sukunov, Jocko and Price Oliveira are very, very close to call and very hard to call. I think the easiest one to call is probably Santos, if I'm honest. But honestly, mate, this is one of these cards that people will look at and go, oh, that's pure shite. But see, when it comes to it, it'll be brilliant. Mate, it's, a, it's not a sleeper card as such, I think, because obviously to... Um, because the pay-per-view was on at the weekend, people have probably maybe slept on it a wee bit and don't realise it's coming up. And then you look at the card, you go, fuck me, by the way, the fights right. that are on this are actually fucking... Even Jamie Malarkey versus Defonte Smith. That'll be yep. fucking sensational fun doing the card. Um, there's so much good stuff on this, as you say. Top top five fights for me, fucking toss a coin, mate. Split decision, fuck knows. I haven't got a fucking clue, man. Like... <laughs> literally... What worries me is the fucking top five fights could go fucking 15 minutes every single one of them. You're there for fucking six hours trying to watch a fucking <laughs> Phil UFC card. Um, I, it could, mate. It could be a long night. It really could. But then again, I, it might not. But it could also be... It could uh, be a very, very quick night, man. Nico Price versus Cowboy. You're likely to get a knockout in that. Tiago Santos versus Jory Walker. Chances of a knockout in that are extremely high. Cow um, is fucking... Likes his jiu-jitsu, Kevin Horn doesn't know what the ground is. Like it's just gonna be there's gotta be something. Definitely I think every fight is gonna have something that keeps you interested and keeps you entertained. I think you've got two up and comers and Aspen Lad and Macy Chase on as well. Hope Aspen Lad smashes Chase on because she still fucking annoys me. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> It just wakes me up that you're still so annoyed about this lassie winning the Ultimate Fighter at 145 and then fucking off up to one thing. Do they even pretend and go, do you want to know something? I've won fight at 145 in the UFC. 
a one fight. She scores right and then goes at one three five. What the fuck did you hear about the featherweight tell? Ah, oh, don't get me started. Um, I thought lad fucking smashes her. Um, fucking all obviously making the step down for a light heavyweight. It'll be interesting to see if he fucking makes a weight, man. He's got fucking muscles for days, man. He's like fucking Michelin, man. He'll need to fucking bust a few tiles to get down to 185. He's a big laddie, big Misha, man. That'll be interesting to see if he can make that. I think that might be a struggle. But listen, let's give him his credit, man, if he makes it. Um, I see just if he can think make was... 185, by the way. He is a fucking danger in that division going forward. Wait. If he carries the weight and carries it properly and looks healthy, mate, of course he is, because he'll bulk that straight back on. See, as soon as he weighs in, he'll be he'll be he'll be easily to to ten. I would think so, um, without doubt, man. I can't see. See, I was just kind of quite look there. He's always usually come in uh, two o five, two o five, two o five. Usually come in about two o five. Not very often he's even about two o six. It's not as if he's ever really struggling to make. So obviously the weight's not an issue for him, I would imagine. So all right, it's another twenty pounds. It's fuck a story and a half you're trying to fucking lose there. So six foot three middleweight. I mean, I know that. I mean, Kevin Holland's six foot three, but I just, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what a, a middleweight Misha Sukunov. I'm actually quite excited to see what a, a light, a, sorry, a middleweight Misha Sukunov looks like because I don't I think was... I've ever heard somebody going, "I'm excited," and and Misha Sukunov in the same sentence. I know he can do some interesting things, but you usually don't look forward to watching him fight. He's a jiu-jitsu guy as well, so I like that too. But um, I, um, as you say, mate, this card is just all over it mate obviously another more invested interest for us because Casey O'Neill who by the way is not even remotely Australian she's all Scottish I don't care what anybody says I love you the last time she's Scottish you can't ah, she's, Scottish. she's Scottish um, she represents Scotland anyway um, buzzing for Casey it's a bit of a step up I know Antonina's not really ranked but I'm a I'm buzzing for Casey. This is a ranked. This is a, a step up in class for her so we're interested to see where she is I reckon she'll ragdoll Shevchenko personally but um yeah, this I, think is... I think she'll do what she does, man. She, Casey comes out, she's fucking power, she's strength, she gets you doing, she fucking mulls you. That's what she does. She's like a wee... She's so, I think she's very Scottish in that respect. I think she's very 100 mile an hour, 100 mile... Or the, the pace that she fights at and how she does things is the way we do anything. Any other sport, that's the way we do things. We're always fucking 100 mile an hour. Football's fucking like watching fucking Olympic sprinters going up and down the fucking park in this country. Yeah, um, and that's the way she fights, and it's fucking, it's good to see, mate. So I, I think, I think she could rag Dolshevchenko in the night. I really do. I think this could be, this could be a, a coming out week kind of party as well. Because if you're being a Sheva, I know it's no the Sheva, but she's still got a name there that's still fucking. Still you can name. A flag as such. Right, exactly. Right. Okay. Wow. That's an hour already for fuck's sake. I know. I know. Right. Hit me with your news quickly and your fight announcement of the week and we'll get this wrapped up. Right. Fucking obviously we've missed a couple of weeks, but I've not really went back too far. Um a couple of things maybe for previous weeks that I want to mention because maybe they've been belters of fights or stuff like that. Um big announcements such as different bit of species, we'll mention that in a minute. Um looks like Holloway yeah, yeah, Rodriguez will fucking be November thirteenth. Hopefully that will fucking happen because that is fucking tremendous if that happens. Um, not been massive amounts of fighting announcements this week. It's mainly been kind of things in the works, talking about things. So I think we'll we'll call that my fight announcement of the week because I think that'll be a fun one, to be honest. Cool. Um, we've got other fights been announced, such as 
<clears throat> Derek Bronson versus Jan Cannonier has been booked for two seventy. Nice. Uh, so that's been booked for January twenty second, which will be the first pay per view of the year. Uh, looks at Rod Font versus Jose Aldo will headline the December fourth card as well, which is a bit of a fight. Um, what else to forget? What was the other one? Moreno Figueredo has been booked for December. Obviously, that was announced maybe 10, 15 days ago, something like that. But obviously, we haven't been on. So, I, it's, I would say it was a correct fight to happen, but you can't really argue with Figueredo maybe getting another shot again to fucking try and get his belt back. So, I, brilliant. Um, Rafael Asenso versus Ricky Simon. I've seen that one. I thought that was a fucking class event. I like the sound of that one, December 18th, my fucking birthday. I wonder what the headline that is. I'm quite looking forward to fucking seeing what's going to headline that. It'll be fucking interesting. Um, so I, that should be good. Um, apart from that, I don't think I, there was no much fight announcements, really, to be honest. Matt Brown versus Brian Barberena, that should be good fun. Um, that would definitely be good fun. Man, fucking two guys like to fucking scrap, so that should be a good laugh. And then the rest of it, I suppose, news, to be honest. Um, we'll go for us one back. Obviously, we Joey Benavidez has finally retired, officially. Yeah, um, yeah I've seen that. About time, really, isn't it? I say about time. He's obviously had these chances to win titles. He's had a great run at certain times. He's been so close at other times. It's just, it was just never there. Do you know what I mean? He could definitely beat guys in the top 10 and stuff like that. But he just was always that one step away. From you could arguably see he's one of the greatest MMA fighters to never win a title. Oh, it definitely is, mate. Listen, mate, there isn't there isn't many in that conversation. People will probably say, Oh, what about this guy, what about this guy? But see, genuinely there isn't that probably that many. You're talking guys like maybe Big Gustafson, um, Ortega at the moment, Benavidez, these kind of guys, you know, that have never won it when they probably should have, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of what you're talking about. So um Aye, so it's good to see Joey going he's, he's obviously going to retire. Enjoy his life. Um, oh, fuck. Did you see the World Fight League announcement? I've heard about it. I've still not really looked into it, but I have heard the, about this thing. Yeah, I've not really read too much into it myself. There seems to be some decent kind of things involved in it. Um don't know if it'll work in fighting. I know, obviously, I think they're trying to make it very much like another American sports, like your NFL with conferences and stuff like that. Um, different bits and pieces. I'll be interested to see how it works, but there's a few good things about it. Stuff like revenue shares, guaranteed contracts, getting health insurance and pensions and stuff like that. That's all good for the fighters. Do you know what I mean? There's, there seems to be a lot of good stuff in it for fighters. Well, or not, it'll become a massive hit and how they'll do it. Um I don't really know. It'll be interesting to see how they create the the rosters and such, and how they work out their fighters. And yeah. aye, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting wee way to do it. I wonder if maybe I'd be quite good. Maybe if they'd like say we're wanting to fight in London, they'd maybe four Brits on it fighting against four Americans. I don't know if it'll maybe be kind of that type of thing because it seems to be a bit of home and away structure they're talking about doing things in as well. So um, I don't know how they're going to do it, but. I want to know more. I want to know more. Um, the only thing I would say is I don't know where they're going to get a lot of their fighters from because it feels quite bloated at the moment. You've got Bellator, PFL, UFC, one, these different organisations to get the calibre maybe of fighter they required. It'll be interesting to see if they can actually get that. 
Well, we may, well, it just depends what they can get from it. I say what how they can how they can uh, attract it. Um, as I said, Aljo is out of the Yan match. She wanted to push the fight back, but obviously that is not fucking happening. Um, he keeps fucking running away about things. To be honest, I'd strip him. Well, I think me and you kind of spoke about. It. I think we'd have you cut a text back and forth and stuff. As I look, basically that January twenty second date, I would tell him that if you're not ready on that date. It's gone, mate. That's it. You're fucking getting strapped. That's you've got to give him a deadline for me. I don't think you can continue to go on as it is with a division that's so deep with so many different fighters who want to fight for a title. You've I would basically, man. If I was the UFC, I'd put that belt on the line on that date, no matter what. And if it's Yan and Sterling, fine. If it's Yan and somebody else, then fine. But that belt is on the line on that night. If Yan doesn't make it and Sterling doesn't make it, then fuck it. Two round, two other people fight for the belt. Fucking Dillashaw versus Santagin or something fight for it. I know they've just fought, but something like I just I would just strip them it honestly. I would. I think I think whatever happens, whoever Yan fights will fight Stella next. So whether or not the belt is on the line at the end of October or the belt is on the line in maybe say January or February, I don't think it makes much difference either way. I think Sterling will be involved in a title fight in the next six months, basically. Yeah. Um, right, well, I think do we want to talk about John Jones? Not really. Okay, cool. Guy's been arrested. He's fucking fuck knows what he's doing with his fucking career, man. Guy's fucking blew up. Um, so the other thing I wanted to quite mention was the City Kickboxing's plan to move out of New Zealand. Obviously, we spoke earlier on about Dan Hooker and how he had a lot of difficulties and stuff like that getting over to America, but at least that fucking City Kickboxing could be leaving... New Zealand, at least for the time being, which was fucking massive, mate, taking a full gym out of the country. I think what they'll do is they'll leave their, they'll leave their gym, obviously, because they'll have I, people who are locals yeah. um, and they're local fighters and stuff like that, but taking their elite guys out, I think, listen, see, to be honest, mate, I thought about it and I heard that and I thought, why would you do that? Your heritage is there. It's like me saying, why would, like, fucking Martin uh, Martin Gallagher take Hit Squad out? And then you think, do you know, do you know hold on a minute. If it means his guys are going to potentially fight more often and a wee bit easier, and they have maybe more access to other training partners and stuff. I know they're good the way they are. People keep saying it's one of the best gyms in the world, and they do their own thing, and they're good the way they are. I get that. But I think to be the best and be even better, you need to be putting yourself against the best. And I just I think it's a really smart move by you, uh, Eugene Berman and all that, mate. I really do. I think it's a brilliant idea. I really do. No, I'm not going to agree with that myself, mate. I think it's... It probably is good for this one time and how, how how things are going and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. The way to go, especially if they're not getting maybe the help from the New Zealand government at this moment in time to do what they need to do. Obviously, like it seemed mental that they're not even allowed to train together like a bubble, and they're not even allowed to go right. Well, these are a dozen guys we're going to train them. That's it. Nobody else will be involved in it. But these dozen guys and no one else, they won't allow that to harm. Yet, yeah, I think the way Hooker was talking about cricket teams, rugby teams, that kind of thing at all. Training is normal as if it's because they're individual fighters or different individual people. It's it seems a bit mental. Um, here they may well last a year, maybe eighteen months, but I think definitely a move to America will be massive for city kickboxing. Let's be honest, any other gym in the world will happily go. Yes, bring your guys into your gym, bring your coaches. Let's go. We'll fucking amalgamate, not amalgamate as such, but we can work together mm. in the next year, year and a half, and make your guys maybe better, make my guys better. There's definitely going to be so many gyms fucking getting big Eugene Berman a fucking phone call. Look, mate, we've got this facility. You want to come and use it? 
we could put our fighters together, get a bit of sparring to go. It'll be really good for them. It'll be good for fucking city kickboxing. Um, it'd be, aye. It's a great idea, especially the way things are going in New Zealand and stuff like that. And the way, basically, fuck, man, fuck, I'd imagine Dan Hooker's got to go back and do another two-week quarantine when he goes back to fucking New Zealand now. Was it no six? Six weeks? I'm sure somebody said he'll no see, no see his daughter for six, week, for six weeks or something like that. Yeah, that seems a bit fucking over the top, does it, no? Yeah, well... Who knows? All right, fair play in New Zealand. You can't really argue with what they've done because, let's be honest, if it, what, what was it one person die or something? Three people die? The numbers are yeah, like single some, figures. Some. It's like fucking nothing. They've done it right, though. They shut their borders. That was the best way. So you can't really argue with what they've done, but I suppose as things move on and we move out of COVID-19 and stuff like that, you've got to like, open these things up. And especially considering, let's be honest, fuck a lot of people in the world probably wouldn't know what New Zealand was. It wasn't fucking sick kickboxing, so... Yeah, not in the MMA world anyway, that's for sure. So a lot of the likes of Israel Adesanya and stuff like that, obviously Volkanovski's fucking trained there now and again, and hookers there, stuff like that. You've got fighters there who have taken that name around about the world, and fuck, my no reason fucking to get a UFC event in Auckland is because I sit at kickboxing, so. Yeah, true. Very true, my man. So, anyway, that is that is me, my man. Done. That was a long slog a day. Yeah, I know, 10 minutes, mate. Mental. Right, guys, thank you as always for listening. Thank you for your patience as well, sticking with us the last couple of weeks. It's been a rough kind of year um, with getting like stuff together, like shows together. We haven't done like a run of like maybe 10 shows, I don't think, this year. Um, it's just no, it's been, been so hard, man, isn't it? It's just, with, just life gets in the way, I suppose. Yeah, just life has got in the way, mate. Hopefully, well, things will settle down a bit once COVID's a wee relaxed, away, the weddings are away and stuff like that. And, you know, things are just a bit more relaxed and, um, you know, maybe get into a bit more of a rhythm. But we do appreciate the love. We do appreciate the listens. Thank you so much. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Inside Cage MMA. And, yeah, have a good week. Enjoy the fighting and we'll catch you next time.